Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, July 13th, and we start with local news. Global graphite-producing giant Mersin, a company based in France, will revitalize the previous Union Carbide plant in Colombia, investing an estimated $70 million in the area's economy and bringing 100 new employees on board to the expanded operations. Mersin, a global leader in electrical power and advanced materials, will operate at the 60-acre site over 800,000 square feet across 10 buildings off Santa Fe Pike, set to produce 120 metric tons of graphite. The plant also housed the operations of Union Carbide dating back to the late 1990s, but most recently housed Graftech Advanced Graphite, which was recently bought by CRG LLC and then sold to Mersin in 2019. Mersin, a $1.2 billion company, operates plants in 35 countries, including 10 in the United States, employing about 7,500 people. Furthering graphite production is part of the company's strategic plan, starting isostatic graphite production mainly for the semiconductor market in Colombia. The plant will be equipped to produce 4,000 tons of extruded graphite, 120 tons of insulation felt, and 2,000 tons of isostatic graphite per year. In another two years, Merson will continue the expansion of the plant and operations, investing another projected $40 million, according to the company officials. Veronica Hobbs, Columbia-based Merson Human Resources Director, said the plant has already expanded from 50 employees to 85, attracting workers on the values of teamwork, collaboration, and recruiting. United States Representative Andy Ogles, who attended the ribbon-cutting ceremony and reception, said attracting the company to expanding in Columbia was a top priority, while he served as Murray County Mayor four years ago, ahead of being elected to serve the 5th Congressional District after a tumultuous election. I had the privilege of being here at the beginning of this project, Ogles said to the crowd of over 100 attendees and that included elected officials, company representatives, and workers. He explained how the county and city and Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance helped to bring the company to Columbia, working diligently since before the pandemic, which temporarily stopped momentum on the project. This was a jewel in the rough, Ogle said. They wanted to make it fit. They wanted to make it work. We are known as the mule capital of the world. During World War I, we served the world in mules. We powered the world. When you look at the electrification of North America and Europe and the world, Middle Tennessee and Columbia will once again be powering the world with this product, he said. Eric Guagiotti, Mersin Executive Vice President of Advanced Materials, who is based in Paris, has flown to Columbia 36 times to oversee the transition of the sale of Mersin and to launch plant operations. This is a big adventure, Guagiotti said. This is a wonderful opportunity to revitalize this site, boost the local economy, and bring jobs and people to bring life to this plant, he said. Merson CEO Luke Temelin spoke more about the operations at the site, which is already in production. I'm very proud of what has been achieved at the Columbia site in the last four years in terms of redevelopment, investment, production startup, and more, Temelin said. It is now a key site in our manufacturing base, bringing together production capacities for extruded graphite, isostatic graphite, and insulating felts. We intend to continue investing to meet increased demand from sustainable development markets, particularly the silicon carbide semiconductor market, he said. 
Lance Butler, Columbia Merson general manager who moved to Leoma two years ago to launch the plant, said he is glad the manufacturing plant will bring jobs to the community and contribute to the economy. In addition, he said Columbia and the surrounding area reminds him of growing up in a small town of Plymouth, Ohio. This is home. It's beautiful. I only wish I had been smart enough to move here sooner, Butler said. Following the posting of KKK-related flyers earlier this week on a number of black churches and some businesses, the Mount Calvary Baptist Church held a unity rally last night in an effort to stand against hate and racism. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the event and spoke with Reverend Tanya Mason, the pastor of Bethel AME Church. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I'm at the Calvary Baptist Church here in Columbia, Tennessee. Front Porch Radio is here to report and support uh, a rally for unity. As many of you may know, a couple of days ago, some posters or flyers, I think, were posted on three historically black churches here in Columbia. They were threatening, and they at the bottom they contained a an invitation to join the KKK and an email address uh, to write in if you're interested. Uh, that ought to provide some clues to police, you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but tonight they're having a rally for unity. Uh, and tonight I'm speaking to the Reverend Tanya Mason. She is the pastor of the Bethel Chapel AME Church here in downtown Columbia. Pastor Mason, uh, you had one of these flyers posted on your church, did you not? We did, yes, sir. Uh, it was posted there. In fact, it appeared to be glued. Uh, it has left um, traces where we are going to have to go back and do some work, probably professionally, to get all of it off. Yes, sir. And was this alarming to you and your congregation? Quite alarming because you wouldn't think in this day and time that we would still have these types of incidents going on. Um, but we remain resilient um, and hopeful because we know Columbia is a great community and this is not representative of, of who this community is. Tell me what this rally for unity that y'all are having here. So the three churches that got together, and there's a pizza place and three historically black churches that got these flyers posted on the outside wall somewhere. Uh, what were the other two churches besides Bethel Chapel AME? Mount Calvary? Mount Calvary and um, Faith United Baptist Church. All historically black churches. Uh, and all getting the same message. Now, what is this unity rally all about tonight? It's all about us coming together to show Columbia and the world, quite frankly, that we will not give in to terroristic uh, tendencies. We will not uh, give in to bullying and um, and discrimination and segregation. Uh, time has come to an end for that. And this unity rally tonight is proof of that because we have people from every walk of life, every race, every gender, um, every religion. And this sets a standard for who we are. Okay, everybody's getting together to show that we are unified, that we can have power with a single voice. Yes, absolutely. You said it well. All right, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I am at the Unity Rally here at Calvary Baptist Church. This involves the flyers that were posted on these three churches, threatening flyers posted on their walls or their doors where uh, they, the churches and their congregations were threatened, and an invitation to join the KKK was at the bottom with an email address. And these folks have gathered together to, as, as we were talking about just a minute ago, show that 
through unity of voice, there is power. Yes. Uh, Reverend Mason, thank you so much, and good luck with your rally. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. In preparation of Spring Hill's projected growth, city leaders are now seeking to expand the city's urban growth boundary, a decision of which many local residents are not in favor. Discussion of the proposed expansion was a hot topic during Monday's regular meeting of Spring Hill's Municipal Planning Commission, which drew comments and concerns from nearly a dozen residents. This was in addition to a fully packed room of additional concerned citizens, particularly residents on or near Barker Road. While each speaker listed various reasons why they opposed the proposed boundary updates, they all share the common attitude of wishing to not have their land become part of the city's future growth plans and all that comes with it. We do not want to be in the UGB and don't understand there are any benefits for us to be in the UGB or to be considered for annexation, Jeff Harris, a Barker Road resident, said. We want to be removed from this because we moved to this area to not be part of a city, to not be part of anything other than the county with those specific rules, laws, and taxes, he said. In addition, the proposed expansion would also affect boundaries in Brentwood, Fairview, Nolansville, Franklin, and Thompson Station's planned growth areas, which were last updated in 2001. Planners ultimately voted to approve a favorable recommendation to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, who will review the proposed expansion during its Monday, July 17th work session. The Board of Mayor and Aldermen's recommendation will then go before a local government planning advisory committee chosen by the state who will have the final authority. Spring Hill Development Director Peter Hughes said he appreciated the citizen feedback, but that much of the concerns might be premature for what the expanded growth boundary represents which is to stay ahead of the projected growth expected over the next few years. Hughes said a typical UGB should be updated about every 20 years to evaluate market trends, growth patterns, and other changes that might have occurred. We know that growth is going to occur, and we want to ensure that that growth occurs in a way that the city can create as as part of our city pattern. What that means is we want to ensure the city grows in the way we want it to and that we can be responsible for that growth, Hughes said. The UGB is just identifying that area for us to move forward with and plan for. That's the reason why we are doing this, he said. Hughes added that the expansion does not mean property owners will now fall under the city limits, nor does it mean the properties now fall under the municipal authority, such as zoning or annexation. All it is doing is identifying areas for future growth to occur and for the city to invest resources and strategically plan to make sure when services are needed, they're in place in those areas, Hughes said. We have to prepare a plan of services that says we do have the capacity to serve this, have the police force to serve this, the fire department, parks and rec, and all the other services we can provide, he said. The expansion process began in 2021, which involved many meetings among stakeholders, city leaders, and planners representing each municipality. Alderman Matt Fitterer added that he believed many of the concerns were inflated and misplaced in regard to what the expansion hopes to accomplish and what that entails exactly. This does not affect anyone who owns property or who might own property within the UGB. This only allows us to appropriately plan for infrastructure that might or might not be needed in the future, Fitterer said. Annexation in Tennessee can only be done at the property owner's request, and there is absolutely nothing the city can do to annex any of this property. To say growth will or won't head that way is totally up to the landowners or future landowners, and not the city, 
he said. The Murray County Sheriff's Department is set to hold its 19th annual rodeo on Friday, July 14th and Saturday, July 15th at the Murray County Park, weather permitting. Proceeds raised through the rodeo will go towards youth programs and outreach in the community. Murray County Sheriff Bucky Rowland stated the department's Shop with a Cop program, in which officers share Christmas with children and families in need, with additional charitable efforts include donating winter jackets for students and distributing Thanksgiving baskets. We've helped families through difficult times, maybe financially to help pay a bill, or maybe they're displaced due to a fire or something like that, Sheriff Rowland said, adding that the programs don't come out of the county budget. It comes out of the hard work that the men and women at the Murray County Sheriff's Department and volunteers put into, and then, of course, the citizens that sponsor us. So it's just people helping people. It's a blessing, he said. Gates to the rodeo open at 6 p.m., with the rodeo kicking off at 8 p.m. From 6 to 8 p.m., children can visit the Fun Zone, which is in the Walking Horse Arena. The zone will include activities such as bounce houses, pony rides, and face painting, which is all included with the purchase of a ticket. Immediately following the bull riding, which is the last event of the night, the department will put on a fireworks display. Children 11 and under can enter the event free with an adult. Pre-sale tickets are available up until the evening of the event and can be purchased at the Murray County Sheriff's Department, Murray Farmers Co-op, or Columbia Farm Sale, which all come at a discounted price of $15. Tickets can also be bought at the gate for $20. It's just gotten so big, Roland said. It's become a permanent fixture in our community every year. Folks look forward to it each year, and they always support us, he said. The Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance recently shared its latest efforts in tracking and cultivating economic growth, which included input from several city and county boards. Murray Alliance Vice President of Economic Development Travis Growth presented these latest efforts to Columbia City Council members in June, detailing the results of a recent strike zone study, which included a desired focus on job growth, higher wages, and improvement of infrastructure. The survey consists of input from various government boards in Columbia, Spring Hill, Mount Pleasant, and at the county level, each pinpointing its greatest needs to attain the best results. The purpose was to gain feedback on what a successful economic development project should look like going forward, Growth said. The community has had a period of growth that has been very productive, and we just want to make sure our efforts going forward align with our stakeholders and the outcomes align with our stakeholders as well, he said. The study began in late 2021 and lasted about a year, ending in December of 2022. Each board was submitted five open-ended questions, along with participants voting on specific scenarios to gain data with questions such as, what are the top priorities, Growth said. Growth also highlighted a few areas in which Columbia's results differed from its respective neighbors. The city council's results differed a little bit from the combined results, Growth said. Generally, Columbia was a little more supportive of manufacturing projects, along with support of solar and green energy projects compared to a combined, the combined results. And much like the combined results, you ranked wages as the top priority, with a focus on job creation aligned with appropriate uses of utilities and infrastructure, he said. Growth's presentation also included an additional study to help monitor the county's growth, which can also be considered a very useful resource in recruiting stakeholders looking to invest. 
The Key Performance Indicator, or KPI, study is a new study the Marine Alliance hopes to track annually to help identify changes in growth over a 10-year period, including population, graduation rates, average annual income, employment rates, and more. The study not only tracks growth and progress over time, but can also be used to identify areas in need of improvement. Growth said the benefit of having a KPI study is having a straightforward breakdown of the county's key economic factors, which often consists of massive amounts of data that can be overwhelming to navigate. There is so much data out there, and you can get lost trying to figure out what we should look at, Growth said. To have an easy-to-digest dashboard, it's looking at three main things. Is the community growing? Is it getting wealthier? And is it educating and training the workforce it's going to need? It's looking at those indicators quickly as sort of a snapshot for whether things are changing that we need to take a deeper dive into to find additional information, he said. The current KPI study, which growth stresses is very much a draft at this point, can be viewed at the Murray Alliance website at www.murrayalliance.com. The community does seem to be trending in a positive way no matter how you measure it, growth said. The hope is to make this something that gets updated annually and can be something we can show stakeholders to get their feedback as far as if these are the right indicators and if there are any areas that may be lacking. So far, the feedback has been pretty positive, he said. And now your hometown memorial sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Patricia Sewell Fitzgerald. 85, passed away Thursday, July 6th in Columbia. Graveside services for Mrs. Fitzgerald will be conducted Saturday, July 15th at 11 a.m. at Sunset Hill Cemetery at the in the Theta community. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have overcast skies today with a stray shower or a thunderstorm possible. The high will be 91 degrees with winds out of the south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly to mostly cloudy skies with scattered thunderstorms mainly during the evening. The low will be 73 degrees with light and variable winds. The chance of overnight rain is 50%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. 
It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Nashville-based HCA Healthcare, one of the nation's largest hospital operators, has confirmed that the personal information of about 11 million patients across the country was made available on an online forum this month after data was accessed from an external storage site. 
According to HCA, the affected health centers in Tennessee include Centennial Medical Center at Ashland City, Centennial Medical Center, Hendersonville Medical Center, Horizon Medical Center, Northcrest Medical Center, Parkridge East Hospital, Parkridge Medical Center, Parkridge West Hospital, Pinewood Springs, Skyline Medical Center, Southern Hills Medical Center, and Summit Medical Center. The stolen data includes patient names, addresses, telephone numbers, dates of birth, gender, service dates, and locations, as well as their upcoming appointment dates, according to the company. HCA said the thieves did not access patient diagnoses, credit card numbers, passwords, driver's license numbers, or social security numbers. Company officials declined to comment on the data breach, which was first discovered on July 5th, referring all reporter questions to an HCA press release on the incident. HCA Healthcare reported this event to law enforcement and retained third-party forensic and threat intelligence advisors, the news release states. While our investigation is ongoing, the company has not identified evidence of any malicious activities on HCA Healthcare networks or systems related to this incident. The stolen data included 27 million rows of patient data, according to the company. While the company was not commenting on the breach, data security experts sounded alarms on social media and elsewhere. Brett Callow, a threat analyst from with the New Zealand-based cybersecurity software and consulting company, said on Twitter that this may be one of the biggest healthcare-related breaches of all time, and notes that hackers may be selling patient information. Again, HCA declined to comment on such claims. While this is not the largest medical data breach in U.S. history, records show it ranks as one of the highest. The largest happened in 2015 when a series of cyber attacks in Anthem on Anthem Incorporated resulted in the records of nearly 79 million people getting exposed. HCA is offering credit monitoring and identity protection services to affected patients. The company is also advising patients to remain vigilant about potentially fraudulent calls, emails, and texts. More than 31,000 Tennessee residents have lost their 10-care coverage during the first round of a state review of their eligibility following the end of the COVID-19 pandemic, state records show. 10-care, a Medicaid program for low-income residents, had paused such redeterminations as part of the federal COVID-19 pandemic health emergency that ended in May. This first batch of reviews involved 80,084 10-care beneficiaries whose benefits were up for renewal in April. Of those, 21,515 didn't return their renewal packets. Another 7,383 responded but were deemed ineligible for 10-care and were referred to the federal insurance marketplace. And another 2,230 failed to provide the required additional information needed to confirm their eligibility. 10-care approved 43,866 applicants. More than 350,000 Tennesseans are expected to lose coverage once the state finishes evaluating the eligibility of beneficiaries in the coming months. That would be about one-fifth of the 1.75 million Tennesseans expected to be covered by the program later this year. The number loses eligibility during this first month of redetermination is nearly 40% of those evaluated. It is not unusual and is similar to the experience of states throughout the country, said 10Care spokeswoman Amy Lawrence. Ultimately, under the law, we can only renew eligible people, she said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Ryman just announced an event with Reba McIntyre this fall, titled Not That Fancy, An Evening with Reba and Friends, hosted by Melissa Peterman, will take place on November 5th. The event will celebrate the launch of Reba's new book titled Not That Fancy, Simple Lessons on Living, Loving, Eating, and Dusting Off Your Boots. Reba's new book is an enchanting collection of funny, poignant, and deeply personal stories, photos, tips, and recipes from Reba McIntyre. Tickets for the event will go on sale on Friday, July 14th at 10 a.m. Each ticket purchase will include a copy of Reba's new book. You can find tickets at www.ryman.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.